the first pick of the 2023 MLB Draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates pick Paul Skeens, right-handed pitcher from LSU. Washington, you have the next pick. You are listening to Rum Buncher Radio, Paul David Skeens. From the hills of Fullerton, California, to the Red Rocks, near Air Force in Colorado Springs, to the swamps of Louisiana, the North Shore of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with the number one overall pick, the Pirates select, Paul Skeens. Gentlemen, we're here to react to this. Uh, obviously, a highly anticipated pick. You know, this has kind of shifted in the last couple of weeks. We thought Dylan Cruz for a while, then potentially Wyatt Langford. Maybe it was going to be Max Clark, the high school, uh, you know, bat, even pitcher. But it is Paul Skeens, the College World Series MVP. Um, you know, a guy that I think we're going to see move extremely quickly here. A guy that is going to receive an unbelievably positive reaction from the city of Pittsburgh. But I want your guys' reaction as we get it started. Nick Caparoso, Marty Lee, Trey Hannity with you. On this episode, this special of Rum Hunter Radio, breaking down the draft. Um, gentlemen, I think the Pirates uh, might have the race to the future. Marty, you had this pick when we recorded on Friday. Paul Skeens, number one overall. What are your thoughts here as, uh, as we now know, after long anticipation, what the Pirates do with number one overall? Yeah, you know, it's you, you got to be pretty happy if you're a Pirate fan. Um, I, I thought... For a long time, you know, we all said Dylan Cruz, Dylan Cruz, Dylan Cruz, and the numbers started getting floated of what Dylan Cruz was looking for in a signing bonus, and it was going to be overslot by a good bit. Um, you know, at that point, things kind of pivoted to Paul Skeens, but within the last 24 hours, especially on Sunday, there was a lot of smoke around Wyatt Langford, around high school bats, and, you know, I, I never was in favor of a high school guy. At any point, the closer we got to the draft, the less and less I was in favor of Langford. Just thinking, the more and more I thought about it, just, man, th- this is your chance. This is your chance to go get that legitimate ace. This is your chance to go get that guy who is, without a doubt, a, a potential future Cy Young Award winner, a guy who – can truly contend for being the best pitcher in baseball. And as the Pittsburgh Pirates, you're not going to get that guy any other way than drafting them. Um, you know, we've talked about it. The best the best pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg. And, you know, if you're, if you're a Pirate fan, you've got to feel really good right now because um, so many times in the history of this organization, we – we, we have seen them overthink things. We have seen them have the obvious move dangling right in front of them and then not make that move. And today they made that move. They, they did the right thing. They did the obvious. And yeah, you just, you have to be excited if you're a pirate fan. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the talent, like you said, you're getting, you know, someone who's been called a, a potential generational pitcher, you know, the best pitching prospect since Strasburg. And that's, consi- you know, considering Cole's in that discussion as well. But, you know, some have him above him already. So, you know, it's he's an impressive um, starting prospect. I mean, he literally has 
three, four plus pitches. Um, you know, we, we know the fastball can play at the big league level already. Um, you know, there's just a lot to be excited about with him. And, you know, in terms of the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, I think they they did what I was kind of ho- like in the back of my head, what I was kind of hoping they would do. I was very concerned about the battle of Langford or Cruz and which one's better. And do you take the cheaper? It's like, all right, how about we just take the top pitching prospect who's, you know, considered to be like a can't miss pitching prospect also. So in a way the pirates like kind of took the best route, I think from all vantage points, essentially, like I think PR wise, like they would have got hit hard for Langford probably even though he's a, he's a great prospect, but you know, people know that Langford would have been an underslot deal Cruz, They weren't going to overpay for So, you know, Skeens is that happy medium. Something changed um, right before the draft, the draft odds uh, were favoring Langford pretty much all day. And like 10 minutes before the draft Skeens jumped, um, you know, that tells me something, something must've changed. Uh, the only thing I can think you know, I've heard I've heard some pretty interesting theories. Believe me, we'll get into that. But my guess is that Skeens was willing to to hit the number that the Pirates wanted um, from him in terms of a signing bonus. And you know, when he decided that, hey, yeah, I'll I'll meet I'll meet that number. Let's do it. That that's probably you know what changed the the dialogue before the draft. I think Langford might have been the heavy favorite because that's what they thought. And maybe Skeens, you know, said, yeah, I'll take under slot. And that changed everything. Was I that it, though? I can guarantee you it's not that the owner, Bob Nutting, uh, stepped in and told <laughs> the Pirates front office to take the best player. Uh, I can guarantee you that nothing <laughs> to do with that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> is doing exactly what they – well they were hoping to do prop. They had the first pick. This guy was a first pick potential. All the BS that came out the last two weeks, I wrote an article about it. I said like, relax, like take the information with a grain of salt. Like, <laughs> and here we are, uh, you know, Paul Skeens, who was one of the, the lesser talked about um, on the national level, at least in terms of not national level, I'm sorry, local level in terms of who they thought the pick was going to be. So yeah, real quick too, just cause you mentioned Bob Nutting here. I, I want to, I've had to say this on Twitter entirely too many times the last few days. You can call Bob Nutting cheap all you want. When it comes to the draft, the Pittsburgh pirates are not cheap. They've never been cheap. The Pittsburgh pirates are one of the main reasons there is a draft pool now because of the way Neil Huntington used to throw bonus money around in the draft, the way the major league baseball draft works for those who don't know is you get a certain pool. You get a certain amount of money you're able to spend, and there's certain certain selections in the draft where you can't spend over a certain amount the, the sign a guy picked at that number. So the Pirates were always going to spend all of their money. That's why Dylan Cruz supposedly wanting $10 million number one overall was never going to happen because you're not going to blow that big of a chunk of your, of your draft pool on one guy. And the early reports that we've seen are that Apparently something could be in the works with, with Skeens for around nine point two five million, which if you can get Paul Skeens for that, which is about five hundred thousand under the slot value for the number one overall pick, if you could get, you know, arguably the best pitching prospect of the last what 12, 13, 14 years and get him at five hundred thousand dollars under slot value, that just makes this 
an even better pick than it already is and makes it an absolute no-brainer of a pick for the Pirates. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of saying, Marty. It's like you got the best of both worlds here. Okay, Cruz, at the very least, it seems like Cruz is going to push that that 9.4, 9.7 range. So the Pirates obviously didn't want to go there. They didn't want to go in that – I'm sorry, 9.7 to 10 million range. They were probably hoping he would go to like 9.4, but he wasn't willing to. So instead you get Skeens who arguably is, you know, just as – has just as much chance to make an impact – and just as quickly as well. So, you know, you get him, you save some money um, to use towards other picks in the draft. Um, 500,000, um, you know, you, you said, I think we saw the baseball America, Joe Doyle said something about 9.25. He said about 9.25. So, you know, that's not an exact number. It could be lower than that too. So like you said, Marty, if we're saving upwards of, you know, still probably around 500 K, um, it will be interesting to see, you know, if that's something substantial for them to do at 42, if they will kind of spread that out. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is so interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, teammates at LSU that are just winning the world series, Paul Skeens, though, is the number one overall pick there. We're going to see what that number is exactly. 9.2 is what we're hearing. Um, gentlemen, do you think it was exclusively that that number, that the reason Paul Skeens was drafted number one overall? Um, you know, do you think that maybe they decided they wanted a college arm instead of a college bat here? Was Did this come down essentially just to the fact that Paul Skeens is willing to meet that number and Dylan Cruz is not? I mean, I'm sure that's the biggest factor. I mean, I think all along they wanted one of these two. And part of the reason you want one of these two is that, at least in theory, um, your, your window of competition should be getting ready to open up next year. And both of them could be on the major league roster by this time next year, probably even a little bit sooner than that. So I think that's a big part of it. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, like you said, Skeens is willing. It seems like Skeens is willing to meet the number they wanted. Um, I have no doubts that they had any questions about if Skeens was going to sign for it, they wouldn't sign for it or not, they would have gone Wyatt Langford. But I, I, I think that's the biggest thing is just Skeens was willing to meet that number. Dylan Cruz wasn't. And at that point, Ben Charrington knowing, hey, these are the two best prospects in the draft and they're two guys who are generational-type talents who could help my major league club next year. One's going to meet my number one isn't. That's who I'm taking. That uh... – has obvious number one potential, um, you know, one of the best pitching prospects we've seen in recent memory. But, you know, he was not Dylan Cruz. He was not the kind of consensus thought for months and months. Um, but as it unfolded here and, um, you know, as I think we're going to find out within the next couple of years, Paul Skeens is uh, such an excellent pick at number one overall. Going to be well received. This is a guy that's going to move really quickly. And we knew that, you know, I think any one of the three college guys – was going to move quickly, and uh, we'd have the chance to see him next season potentially, but Skeen's certainly in that conversation. What do you think the timeline is here, uh, and, and where does he end up immediately now that he has uh, been drafted by Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of where they should start him, they should start him at the double-A level. Um, I don't see a need for him to go to single-A. 
I heard someone uh, say that single A they compare to uh, SEC plays. So, you know, obviously this guy is good enough to go past there. But if I had to guess, we're not going to see him throw a single professional inning uh, this year. Uh, he'll probably report to Pirate City um, down in, you know, towards Bradenton there and uh, just kind of get adapted to the Pirates organization, get on their their workout program that they want him doing. You know, the, I'm sure they'll have, you know, him meet with their with their trainers and doctors and nutritionists and whatnot to get him on a plan. And I'm sure they'll have him throwing some down there, you know, probably just to get, you know, their data uh, you know, they're what they use the pirates to collect data on his stuff and, you know, set a point of, okay, here's what we want you to kind of look at this off season. But I wouldn't expect to see him throw any professional innings um, this year, just based off of, you know, the concern around any pitcher, which is probably why we didn't think he was going to be pick one. Um, we, a lot of people assumed the bat would come at pick one, but, you know, they get the best pitcher and, you know, it's, it's a little different um, in terms of development and, you know, wanting to be careful. So don't, I guess, freak out if you're like, Hey, why hasn't he done anything yet this year? I, I think that would probably be more likely. Yeah. I did see Ben Charrington has already come out and said that the pirates quote unquote hope to have him rev back up for pitching this season, what that means, I have no idea. But I think it's – I'm with you. And, and, again, this is this is the same path that the Washington Nationals took with Steven Strasburg in 2009. And fair or unfair, the comparisons between these two are going to be there and they're never going to go away. Um, that's what the Nats did. Strasburg went to the Instructional League for the rest of the summer. He then went on to pitch – in five games in the Arizona Fall League, and then in 2010, made 11 starts between AA and AAA, and then, as we all know very well, came to the majors in, what was that, I think May, early June, and I started against the Pirates, and I, I would expect to see a pretty similar path for Paul Skeens. Um, I know people are going to say, oh, get him on the team now, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> in all honesty, he probably would be one of the best pitchers on the team right now, but what does that accomplish for a team that's eight games under 500? Your stuff, he's definitely the best. I mean, yeah. there's not there's not many people who have the stuff he has. And that's if, a, you, if, you, yeah. if you told me right now it's a 2-1 game in the ninth inning and I could pick any reliever out of the Pirates' bullpen or Paul Skeens, the only reliever in that bullpen I'm taking over Skeens right now is Bednar. And Skeens has better stuff, just Bednar's been there, done that. But, it, you know, it's I, I'm with you. Send him to instructionals, have him working in Bradenton. If anything, maybe have him pitch in a game or two in the FCL. Um, and then you, you you put him in the fall league, have him start next year at Altoona or Indy, and then he's in Pittsburgh, hopefully around the time Super 2 passes next year in early June, he's in the Pirates starting rotation. If all goes according to plan, that's probably what you're looking at here. And I think you're you're – you're right. I, you know, I think the focus more would be to build him back up for that Arizona fall league um, rather than maybe within the actual pirates organization. I think that could be really smart that that makes him not feel like he's rushing, you know, himself to get back on the mound, you know, professionally, especially like, I'm sure he's can't wait for that, but 
you know, it's also, again, they're going to be very cautious with him. So if there's any red flag, anything that pops up that they're like, Hey, like, you know, they're going to shut him down. They're, they're not going to take that chance. So I think the best bet, yeah, is to, to have him, like you said, have him down at pirate city. Um, you know, maybe if, if you want have him make a start or two with Bradenton to, to finish out the year, maybe if, you know, I don't know what their record is down there, if they're in the playoff hunt or not. Yeah, Bradenton's first place down there, actually. Yeah, so. then, and again, I think that can have some yeah. benefit there too. It's, yeah, it's only low A, but high pressure postseason baseball is yeah. high pressure postseason. I think baseball. that actually would be pretty, that would be a pretty yeah. good opportunity to get him just a couple starts. And I agree. You said it, put him into that high leverage spot and then send him out to Arizona. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a plan party. I think part with that too, not to not to change subject too much here, but yes, winning isn't everything in the minors. But if you look at that 2013, 2014, 2015 core, those guys won an Eastern League title with Altoona when they were in double A. And I don't think that's a coincidence. There, there can be a direct correlation there between just knowing how to win, knowing how to perform in those pressure situations, knowing how to perform in a postseason series. Yeah. I mean, it's, in this situation, with the timeline of this rebuild, it just makes so much sense. And we look at this regime, everything that's gone on. We said it time and time again. Drafting has been the strong suit. And, um, you know, I, I think you maybe don't feel great with certain guys that were in the conversation. But either way, with Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz, you feel like it's a win. Um, and I think, you know, you can call this three in a row, four in a row. If you look back to 2020, even um overall you just feel good and we're going to see how this the rest of this unfolds what that number is going to be uh, but guys what do you think this says about kind of the state uh, of pirates baseball they and i think somebody mentioned i forget who on that uh espn telecast the pre-draft telecast i guess somebody kind of mentioned how you know the pirates would need to, to pony up they need to to be serious and make a pick that, uh, you know, they have to commit to here. What does this say about the state of where things are at right now? That they decide to go skiing here. They decide to, you know, take one of the biggest names, pay him close to the slot value, um, you know, and, and get a guy that you expect to, uh, to be a big name rather than going with the 21 route with the number one overall pick. No, I will say the fact they took skiings, I think tells me that Ben Charrington, um, he he sees a chance to contend soon. He feels pressure to contend soon. Um, because like I said, Skeens can be in your rotation by next year. I mean, hell, Paul Skeens could be your best starting pitcher by the end of next year, which is with what's happened with Mitch Keller saying something. So, and, yeah. and look, and Marty, I don't want to cut you off. I'm I sorry. Agree. I I agree with you. I think it's like you know, isn't like we've talked about the traditional Ben Charrington pick. Um, you know, he's traditionally bat, you know, the long-term play where a guy like Skeens, again, like he's not your traditional good college pitcher who could develop into something like he doesn't, they've said it, he doesn't need development time in the minors really. Like this, like you said, this is a guy who could be in this rotation probably next June if everything goes correctly health-wise. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of like, you said Ben Charrington bucking the trend and, and going a, a little more aggressive, but at the end of the day, like he's going to be an underslot guy too. So it's not like they're not saving money, um, you know, on this pick. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a win-win. Like I've said, go ahead, Marty. I'm sorry, bud. 
No, no, I was just saying, I think that just goes to show like Charrington feels again, rather he thinks they can contend next year or he feels the pressure. Cause I mean, let's be honest, this is year four. The, the on-field product is not that much of an improvement over what it's been the first three years. Um, there, there's got to be internal pressure they're building to, to try and be better next year. And, you know, I think that's a big part of it. But one other point I do want to touch on here, just with Skeens and, and them easing him into things this year, because um, I know there's going to be some 80-year-old guy out there, oh, back in my day, and up the, well, Paul, Paul Skeens went from throwing 85 and two-thirds innings last year with Air Force to throwing 122 and two-thirds innings this year with LSU in the SEC and then proceeding to pitch in the College World Series. And I think the biggest thing is, with Skeens, too, his slider is probably the pitch that made the biggest jump from last year to this year. And there are a few pitches that are going to take more toll and be more taxing on an arm than throwing a slider. Um, also, his fastball added a ton of velocity, which, again, can be very taxing on an arm. So the workload concerns for Skeens as to why you would want him to take it easy the rest of this season are very legitimate. But that's what I'm kind of saying why, you know, it's definitely Charrington like kind of being aggressive actually. And, you know, it's, it's a way to look like, yeah, he knows there's that risk, you know, but he also knows what that could do for this franchise and in, in the immediate future. So I think it's like you said, it's, it's, it's a risk for sure. There's a lot of red flags with any pitcher, but at the same time, there's a lot of red flags with any pitcher. You know, any pitcher can get Tommy John at any time, whether it's Vince Velasquez, um, you know, who had a career renaissance ended this year early because of it, or you got like a guy like Nick Kingham who, you know, basically lost his career because of it and was never the same pitcher. So it, it you know, it can strike at any, any time, any pitcher, you got to take chances on arm sometimes. And this is the type of arm that they deemed worth taking the chance on. And, you know, I was listening to Ben Charrington talk and he said that Skeens actually has two types of sliders. He has a sweeping slider and he has a gyro slider. Um, like you said, Regardless, um, you're 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 spinning that ball. Uh, you're putting stress on that arm um, at a different level than he did, you know, in previous years. So, definitely, like I said, something they're gonna have to keep an eye on. Yeah, you can't. You you got to take risks. I mean, you said it, Nick. This is this is a pitcher that could be generational here. Any pitcher is at risk, and you look at the mileage. You look at the history. It's not like we're talking about a guy that has uh, has had a crazy injury history. You have to take a chance on a guy like Paul Skeens. That's um, that's what they've decided to do here with the number one overall pick, uh, Dylan Cruz. There, number two to DC, um, and then Wyatt Langford, of course. Uh, or I guess no, Max Clark ended up going third to Detroit. Langford slides to fourth. What is left, guys? What are we looking out for now? Yeah, Detroit loves taking prep players in the top five. Oh, yeah. Jackson Joe was a prep. He was number three. Riley Green was a prep. I think he was, like, number five. <laughs> I mean, in, in Detroit's defense, the one time they've picked high and didn't go prep or Spencer Torkelson, and that hasn't exactly worked out for him. So, yeah. 
That was the yeah. highest slot number. <laughs> the highest, the highest bonus ever given yeah. out. He's been pretty freaking mad. So, <laughs> will we see that broken? Probably, but uh, you know, we hope that this one-one is uh, in a bit of a different situation. What are we looking forward to the rest of this draft, guys? Now that we know it's Paul Skeens, we kind of get an idea of what this number is going to look like and what they can do with the rest of the draft. What do you guys expect? And um, you know, I guess how would you go about it here with uh, some of these earlier picks? Yeah, I mean. Pick 42 is going to be – it's so, like, this is going to sound kind of obvious, but pick 42 is going to be pretty telling. Um, there, It's it's going to be one or the other. It's either going to be very aggressive where they're going to strike another overslot – you know, I'm sorry, not another, but an overslot deal. And, you know, there's some names falling. Uh, there's a, a shortstop who I've pointed out. Nima. Nima. I wasn't sure if you're talking about him or the kid from Monsignor Bonner because they're both sliding right now. And they both are kids. I could see him going to 42. Anyhow, so the shortstop, he's a, he's a high school shortstop, and he checks a lot of the boxes that Ben Charrington kind of looks for in, in those high school um, picks. He, he's one of the youngest – um players in the draft he's still 17 um i believe he has a left-handed swing if this would load we could figure that out real quick finally okay arjun nimala i believe yeah he's a florida kid he he is a right-handed hitter i'm sorry but he's very projectable he's ranked 11th on here he's someone who was connected to the pirates i believe jason Mackey mentioned him mm-hmm. a couple of so, and he was also on MLB Network, so it seemed like he was like a kid who was getting some helium. He is ranked 11th on MLB Pipeline, so that's obviously pretty high, but that's, you know, like I was telling Marty earlier, when you start to enter that pick 15 area, you start to get into the spot of if the Pirates do the math correctly, they could give a pretty significant bonus at pick 42. They have... Uh, just over two million at slot to spend there. Um, you know, we're already looking at about you know five hundred k on on schemes, so that that gets them up to two and a half million. You know, I'm sure they have other ideas down the road, but it you know if they go if they go over slot at pick forty two, you know, it, it's going to be. Uh, telling them because that's 67 i would expect them to go um maybe under slot maybe prep player at that point who's ranked a little lower but you know they take with a higher pick to save some money uh, i could see that potentially see i i think they go over slot of both um and you know if you just look at the track record look back to 2021 when no huntington or you know excuse me when ben charrington did this you took anthony solometo at a, a slot value of 1.9 million, you sign it for 2.8. Lonnie White Jr.'s slot value was 1 million, you sign it for one and a half. Bubba Chandler's was 870,000, you sign it for 3 million. What was Davis's savings? See, but Dave, Davis's saving was larger, it was 2 million ish, but twofold. One, as we talked about the other day on here, they don't have as many of these picks as they did in 21, so you can be more aggressive. And two, I think we see similar to 21, where I think a 42 and 67, you're aggressive. 
Because in 21, what they did after the big three and then Owen Kellington, they took Jackson Glenn, where the slot value was 422,000. They signed him for 12,000. And Mike Jarvis, where the slot value was 315,000, they signed him for 7,000. They essentially punted on those picks. No knock yeah. to them, but neither of those guys are ever going to see sniff a major league baseball game. That's exactly why Hendre, who was drafted after them for a hundred thousand slots. So I think we're going to see them take a couple spots there, draft guys they know are never going to reach the majors, but just punt on the picks so they have the money to sign whatever they do at forty-two and sixty-seven. Yeah, and they, you know, you'll see that. On no doubt, you'll see that with like their eight and ninth and 10th round picks, they'll take college seniors, usually guys who are like kind of organizational bullpen fillers more or less, and maybe you hit on one, but yeah, they're getting, like you said, some very small bonuses and you're right in that 21 draft. That is how they did that. Um, I, I, I know we talked about Jackson Glenn earlier when I sent you that spreadsheet over and um, you know, they, they very well could make that, that work, but I guess I should back up a little bit and say, like when I was talking, I was mainly focusing on Nimala there and the the idea that he would cost, you know, every penny almost of of what you would have probably just because of how far of a drop off that would be. But if they do, if they end up going, you know, someone who's ranked a little lower, then yeah, I think I think you're right. You could see them go, um, you know, to over slot deals uh, tonight. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't, I, I don't see a scenario where they don't. Cause I mean, it doesn't have to be like 21 either where, you know, like the Bubba Chandler one specifically where you signed him for like 2.2 million over slot. You don't have to be that aggressive. Like guys are going to fall again. You know, I kind of mentioned him in passing Kevin McGonigal to shortstop out of Monsignor Bonner high school in Philadelphia. He's currently sliding down the board committed to Auburn Fangrass has him as the 19th best prospect in this draft. If someone like that falls to 42, you can throw a big hunk of money at them there, especially now that you saved 500,000, at least it seems you saved about $500,000 on, on the schemes pick. Yeah. I think I mean, 23 is a big pick also, because there's a little bit of a gap in the, in the budget, in the bonus slots there. And I think that that could be a a pick to pay attention to, to see who's, who starts to slide below there, Um, you know, because then we start to get close. So unfortunately pick 42 is a second round pick and there's two um, smaller rounds in between, maybe three. There's the, there's like, there's the one, the two rounds for the rookie of the year thing. Right. Then you have the, the supplemental um, competitive a round. And then you have, I think, is there a free agency? I think so. The the rookie of the year stuff throws all this for a loop because this is the first year with all that nonsense. So I'm not. So regardless, like the pirates have the third pick in the second round and it's at number 43. It's not at 33. So there, you know, there's 10 picks there of teams who have extra, but bonus money. So really, it's going to be paying attention to to who's dropping through there. Yeah, I mean, this could easily turn out like twenty one the rest of the way, but maybe not that dramatic. Um, we will see who does drop through there. Kind of different, um, you know, with with some of this rookie of the year stuff, and uh, you know, it's just so many. It feels like so many rounds before you get to that second round at this point, even though it is 
called the second round. The Pirates, with pick number 42 up next, it is Paul Skeens at number one overall. Uh, our final thoughts, guys, uh, on, on Paul Skeens, on the start to this draft, and um, you know how we feel that the Pirates have now gotten this pick. And, you know, it's kind of crazy to think, too, this was the first draft lottery, and the Pirates won the lottery, got the number one pick. <laughs> they use it on Skeens. Yeah. Uh, your final thoughts, guys. No, just real quick with the draft lottery. And I made this joke last year when they got the draft lottery, especially because their odds were not high from the win the draft lottery. It's nice to see something finally go the Pirates' way. And then on top of that, you get this generational pitching prospect. Um, I, I remember the the Bryce Harper draft when the Pirates picked second overall. I remember like a week before the draft, someone wrote an article about there was three games the previous year where the Pirates – rallied in like the eighth inning or later to beat the nationals when had they just lost those games they would have gotten harper um and i feel like we haven't seen a player really kind of hyped up at the top of the draft the way Skeens and Cruz have been since the harper strasburg back-to-back pick so it's just nice to see in theory at least for once something go in the pirates favor where they have low odds to win the draft lottery they win the draft lottery and on top of winning the draft lottery they have the best pitching prospect in, you know, almost 15 years available at the top of the draft the following year. So, I mean, but since it's the Pittsburgh Pirates, that means that schemes are probably like his shoulder will implode the next time he picks up a baseball or something. But no, in, in all seriousness, it's it's just nice to see some good luck kind of go their way. And uh, as I mentioned on the on the on the draft preview, this organization, all the World Series, all the Hall of Famers, it's always been built on hitting. Um, they have two Cy Young Award winners in franchise history. They have no Hall of Fame pitchers. There's no pitchers in the team Hall of Fame other than Steve Blass. Um, it's it, it's it's nice to see that they may finally have that just dominant top of the rotation guy that really outside of 2015 Garrett Cole, I don't know if I've ever seen that in my life in the Pirate uniform. And I don't think many Pirate fans have ever seen that in their life outside of probably like 2015 Garrett Cole and early 90s Doug Drabeck. Yeah. They got Jack Wilson on the tube right now with this kid. But anyhow, so, yeah, Paul Skeens, it's a very exciting pick. It's everything Marty just described. It's, it's you know, a franchise um, altering pit, pitcher uh, potentially. You know, he quickly is going to be – I don't – I'd have to see, but he's probably um, – you know, a top three pitching prospect in baseball already, if not top five. Um, so that just shows what the expectations are for him. You know, it's funny you bring up 2010, the old 2010 draft, the old Bryce Harper draft, because, you know, the Pirates also took the pitching prospect that year instead of the hitting prospect. And, you know, they missed out. You know, the, the big three that year was Harper, Machado, and Tyon. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. You can't you can't worry about as Mike Tomlin would say. You can't live in your fears, right? So, <laughs> but and no, in all seriousness, though, you can't. And you know, Skeens, like we said, he's he's worth the risk. Um, you know, Dylan Cruz sounded like he had a little bit of an agenda to to get the DC. Which, hey, like at the same time, like you know the, how the draft is set up today. Like these players have a little bit of the ability to do that. So, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully it works out, um, you know, for the pirates, uh, obviously in the long run. 
Yeah, and one other thing I want to add there real quick, Nick. You mentioned about where he'll fall among pitching prospects in baseball. Um, I mean, obviously, every every prospect outlet has different ratings and whatnot, but um, I, and I, you can go runbutter.com, read this. I wrote a little bit about where he'll fit into the farm system. MLB Pipeline has his future value as 65. The only prospects in baseball MLB Pipeline has with a 65 future value are Jackson Holiday and Ellie De La Cruz. And obviously Ellie De La Cruz won't be considered a prospect much longer. So there's a real possibility. You're looking at Paul Skeen sliding in, at least on MLB Pipeline, as a top five to ten prospect in all of baseball, regardless of position, not just pitching prospects. Yeah, and I know on Fangraphs, he ranks 39th in the top 100. Either way, the Pirates top prospects on Fangraphs, they have Tamar Johnson, I think like 42, 43. So should, he'll be the Pirates top prospect no matter what. Yeah, and even with that, like Fangraphs is also typically more bullish on pitchers uh, in their rankings. Is that the right term? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think that's – a pretty good spot. I mean, that's a starting spot too. Like if he comes yeah. in and does what he wants, they'll, they'll have him up top 20, no problem. But my point is, yeah, like you said, this guy is already considered one of the elite prospects at his position. Um, has <laughs> no pitch yet. So it's, there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah. I mean, this is uh you know, a generational type arm. There's a lot of hype that it's going to be built. It's going to be a really fun you know, day when it is Paul Skeen's day in Pittsburgh. Um, and we hope to see that next season. Number one overall is behind us. Paul Skeen's is the pick here. For more coverage, go check it out at rumbunter.com. Check us out at rumbunter on Twitter as well, at rumbunter. Follow us, uh, you know, throughout the rest of this draft. It's going to be breaking it all down. Um, we are going to be back on the podcast to break down the rest of this draft. Preview what's coming up for, uh, you know, we got the rest of this all-star break and into the second half of the season. But for Nick Caparoso and Marty Leap, my name is Trey Andy. Thank you guys for joining us. Paul Skeen is taken number one overall by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Have a great rest of the weekend, everybody. And let's go Bucks.